You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. And today, who are the five players that need to have a big time game against the Tennessee Volunteers to secure their status for 2020? That does not mean that they're not going to be essential in the future for the program, but it does mean that there could be consequences if they do not have big time games moving forward. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Name right down there in the description below. Uh, make sure that you're following me there. I love public feedback. I am the host of the show. And any single time you can tell me what you want to hear, I love to add it into the mix. I think that's the best way to build an audience. So give me a follow over there. And secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th May related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So the biggest thing that let's talk about before any of all of that kind of comes around, let's talk a little bit more about the actual uh, recruiting class system. Now, AM had the early signing period yesterday. They had some big-time recruits join the staff. They also had some guys they missed on. Now, that doesn't mean that AM is in a bad spot. However, this more than likely will cement AM not being in the top 10 of recruiting for the first time in the Jimbo Fisher era. Here's what I want to tell Aggie fans with this. It's not a big deal. It isn't. The thing is, you have to go get the guys that fit your system. And sometimes, you have a down year in recruiting. It's not every year that you see the Alabamas of the world just literally take over. And some players at Alabama literally just go to Alabama because if they know they're going to get a ring, and if they never have a shot at the NFL, so be it. They're just content being kind of in the conversation of every single year, we're a competitor. We make our money. We make our worth. We do exactly what is needed to be a part of the scene. Other times, you do see some risers. Every few years, you see USC jump into that top five conversation. Then you see them drop down to 14. Then you see UNC. You know They've had a few really good recruiting classes in the past few years. And this year, they're going to probably finish, if not inside the top 10, right at 11. There's always a few programs here and there that somehow build their programs up at the right moment, but then go back to minuscule. And every person has a down year every once in a while. But when you look at last year's draft class or recruiting class and what they were able to bring in with guys like Dallas Walker, with guys like McKinley Jackson, with guys like Fadil Diggs, and guys like Antonio Johnson and Antonio Doyle, and the guys that we have no idea what they even are because we haven't seen them play yet, it's a good sign because that just means that one, the talent that's ahead of them is doing their job to where we do not have to burn red shirts. We do not have to burn their, you know, their overall status and we could keep them another year and maybe another year learning the system is exactly what the team needs. But on top of all that, I think when you really break it down, every person in A&M right now could be up for a revival in a few years. I mean, that's just the reality of it. I think when you look at how many players are going to be replaced next year, it's a good start to know that there are players who are going to be effective. So, you know, a guy that I mentioned a lot was Eli Stowers. He's going to be a name that I think a lot of AM fans are hoping to see if Haynes King is not the answer. But it's a good answer and a good problem to have. Would you rather have a quarterback battle that you have no idea what's going to happen? You don't. You don't know if 
Zach Calzada or Haynes King can be the answer, and we have no one behind him? Or would you rather have a good solution where King has shown the ability to be a quality quarterback, where Calzada has shown the ability to be a quality game manager, and Stowers has so much upside and potential for what he did at Denton Dyer High School that that could just mean so much bigger potential for the Aggies passing game. So much more for his dual threat mentality. The biggest problem with that is, though, unfortunately, don't make it another Kevin Sumlin. What Kevin Sumlin did was he told Kyle Allen he was going to be the starter, told Kyler Murray he was going to be the starter, and both of them by the end of the season transferred, left the program, had to start fresh somewhere else. That's the last thing you want to do in the SEC when other teams are starting to diminish and you're starting to rise up. Let's move on to the top five players I am looking forward to seeing this upcoming weekend against Tennessee. Tennessee is going to be three and six or three and or four and six or three and seven by the end of the season. They really don't have a lot to play for. They're really just kind of playing for respect at this point. It's their final home game at Neyland Stadium. And the Aggies, we all know the story. They're here to play to show that they are worthy of being in the college football playoff conversation. But the biggest thing is, it's not about the players who are not coming back. It's about the players who are returning who could be essential to the team's success in 2021. So my number five player that I'm going to be on a close eye watching is Andre White Jr., the linebacker. Biggest thing about Andre White, he's come in, he sat behind Aaron Hansford for a little bit, he stepped up, he tried to make sure to see what was going on with the team, and more than any of that, you saw him play minimal roles here and there. He kind of just... Brought himself in. He's made a couple of big time tackles. He made a few sacks. He's made a few, you know, overall quality plays. And you got to like that about him. But now that both Hansford, a senior, and Buddy Johnson are gone after this year, what level will he be able to play at next year? Because unfortunately, you never know in this league if you're going to be a starter or not. And there are talented players beneath him, such as, of course, as I mentioned, Doyle, Morrison. A few others. Uh, there, there's rumors that they could be moving a safety down to linebacker, make him a hybrid kind of player, get him a little bit more speed up there. If there are troubles from you know this this defense and from White especially, they may have to look at other options. So White, who is speed, has good tackling skills, can be good and effective as a pass rusher, can be effective in coverage. He's probably going to have a minimal role in this game but let's see if he can make the most impact of this role when it comes time for kickoff on Saturday afternoon. The best gift to give anyone this holiday season is relaxation and quiet time. Now, with the world the way it is, you're always on the go, 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 nonstop 24-7 action, trying to make sure that you meet up to all your necessity needs and your necessity qualities. So what I recommend to do is take some time to sit back, relax, and drink an ice-cold beer. And the beer that's literally made to chill is Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sporting event is on this fall or holiday season, they are the official watch party of Texas A&M football and basketball. Now, watching football is therapeutic. It's great for the mind. It's great for the body. It's great for the soul because it's personal me time where you sit back, crack open an ice cold beer, and relax. And with the Coors Light cold filtered, cold packaged, cold pressed, and cold lagered made by the great people at the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, those beers will be as ice cold and refreshing as the Rocky Mountains themselves. I know that I need a beer to unwind usually at least once or twice a week, and those Blue Mountains tell me I'm in for a delicious treat. 
Coors Light is the beer I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit your reset button, grab the beer that's literally made to chill. Get Coors Light in their new look straight to your door at delivery system at get.coorslight.com. And always remember, celebrate responsibly. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. You like quality podcasts riding your favorite sports teams? If so, why not listen to a Locked on Podcast Network? The Locked on Podcast Network is over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy sports leagues. Plus, the college football playoff series is coming close to an end. We have all five teams that are in the race covered go listen to locked on bama go listen to locked on buckeyes go listen to locked on irish go listen of course to locked on aggies and lastly go listen to locked on clemson go listen to wherever you can wherever you get your podcasting here on lockedonpodcast.com so texas a&m has a big time game this weekend i think andre white needs to have a big time game to show he is the leader of the linebacking core going into next season next thing to watch for I'm going to go with a veteran. I'm going to go with Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown has been very good, just alongside Jaden Peavy. He's been the SEC Player of the Week one time. He's made a lot of key stops. He's been great at filling in gaps. But there's so much talent below him that you have to consider what kind of role is he going to have. When you look at Justin Matabike, he was so effective as a pass rusher it allowed him to make up for some of his slower first steps. It allowed him to make up for some of his misplays here and there because he was just so talented at every other level of the field. So you look at all those things and you go, okay, yes, I believe that this is someone who can make such an impact playing and play out. And it's one that I definitely think people are excited to see every single week, and it's one defensive offensive coordinator's fear. But you also have guys like Dallas Walker, guys like McKinley Jackson, guys like Jaden Peavy, guys like DeMarvin Leal who can play that role, and talent on the outside like Danelle Harris and Fadil Diggs who need to start seeing playing time if you don't want them to leave the program. Brown is a guy who, as much as I think that he is talented, maybe used in a situational role moving forward because of what the talent is behind him. You want to make sure that you're not a rotational guy and a full three-down player. Have a big game against Tennessee. Tennessee is known for running the ball. Tennessee is known for their run-blocking offensive line. Guys like Trey Smith are going to go high in the NFL draft next year. So you have to show you can win against NFL talent because that's eventually what Tennessee is going to see. They're going to finish in the top 25 in recruiting this year. They're going to bring in more talent on the offensive line. They're going to be a team that I think if Jeremy Pruitt stays, maybe isn't a contender in the SEC East, but they're going to spoil some teams. You're maybe not going to see you know, A&M play them, but you want to be able to see them face off against NFL talent like Trey Smith because you are going to see NFL talent week in and week out against the Alabamas and the LSUs and the Auburns every single season because you're in the SEC West. Number three, I want to see Devin Morris have a good game. I was really high on Devin Morris. He hasn't been the ideal player for the Aggies this year. And it's not because of anything other than there's just, you know, not that big of a role for him. When he has played, he's been effective. He has 12 tackles. He has three pass deflections, but he's played in minimal games. And he's only seen, I want to say about 40% of snaps this year. And when you see that and you see what kind of talent is below, like a Jalen Jones, like a Joshua Moten, 
like guys coming into the program next year. Nickel cornerbacks are becoming so essential to a team's success that most defenses actually don't run a 4-3 or a 3-4 anymore. They run either a 3-2-5 a or a 3-2-6 or a 3-3-5 or they run a 4-2-5. They run a lot of different things, but the nickel is actually turning more into a base defense than anything else. And I think in a few years, you're actually not going to see that many plays where you run the base 4-3 defense or you run the base 3-4 defense. You're going to see more of those plays where you run the um, the defenses where it is a nickel corner. And that's where Morris has thrived. He's been very good against the run. He's been very good at making plays, uh, stopping keys, and he's been a key special teamer. Very similar to what Keldrick Carper is this year when they run the dime package. You want to see something very similar to that for Morris this upcoming weekend. And with Harrison Bailey, Jared Garantano, uh, Brian Maurer, JT Shulk, all trying to, you know, split reps, split carries, do everything. That's where you have to sit down and go, okay, if they continue to pass well on third down and he's our nickel corner, we got to get an upgrade. We have talent below him. We don't want to see them leave. We got to see what they can do in coverage because if, if they are successful, we need to be able to put them in and we need to be able to start using them in ways that will help build up the future. Next time when you see us on Lockdown Aggies, let's break down the actual game. What can we expect on Saturday? Who are some players on the volunteer side that are going to be up for a big-time game? And can AM stay alive in the uh, college football playoff race? Don't go anywhere. We'll be talking all about that on tomorrow's show. Make sure you tune in wherever you get your podcast listing systems. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Lock on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're listening to the podcast here on iTunes, Spotify. Listen on LockedOnPodcast.com. Wherever you get your podcasting, follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. So the biggest thing that I want to talk about is who is number two and who is number one. Both are offensive players, but one is actually not an offensive player. One is an offensive position. Number two is the wide receiver group in general. Wide receivers at college usually have about one strong year. And let me just explain. So there was a wide receiver when I was at Alabama as a freshman, and his name was Chris Black. Chris Black was the number one recruit in the nation at wide receiver. He was talented, five-star, could not miss prospect, was so good after the catch, so good in man coverage, did everything you asked of him from the high school level and he got to Bama and they redshirted him and they didn't redshirt another player four star, very talented for Miami ended up being probably Alabama's second greatest wide receiver of all time to Amari Cooper. Once Cooper took over and you had guys like DeAndre white guys like Kevin Norwood who were veterans on the team black got lost in the death chart. So Demond Demas is a guy that right now I'm looking at, and unfortunately, we hear every single week from Jimbo, oh, he's going to play. Oh, he's going to be effective. Oh, he's going to be out there. This was your five-star. You had two five-stars in Jalen Jones and Demond Demas. Jones has been a starter consistently since about week four. Demas has barely played outside of the fourth quarter in games that were already over. I don't know if he's going to play in this game. If he does, he needs to start showing Fisher, I am legit. Do not put a guy over me on the depth chart. Because you just saw Dylan Wright 
an athlete who everyone thought was going to be a huge star for the Aggies is in the transfer portal because he got lost in the depth chart. But also, names like Hezekiah Jones really need to step up. Names like Chase Lane really need to have good games. They need to be able to play well because of when you look at the receiving core in general, it's a new quarterback, it's a new system, it is everything based around one player. That player is going to decide who he wants to throw to. And if you show consistency in this game against a weaker uh, secondary by the Volunteers, it sets you up for great success in 2021. Kellen Mond has been very solid this year. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been terrible. He's been solid. Haynes King, Eli Stowers, or Zach Calzada, I think all have more upside after what we've seen this season. I think King has probably the second most. I think Stower has the most because of his dual threat action. Calzada's just around. I like Calzada. Not sure how I feel about him as the full-time starter, but I think he's a very good player. The difference is, is that one wide receiver needs to make a break their game. They need to have a big-time game because every wide receiver is replaceable after one year. And I learned that very early on in my college career, seeing players like Chris Black, number one recruits, star athletes, get lost, transferred, never became a big-time name. But the number one player that has to have a good-time game, in my opinion, is Kenyon Green. Why does Kenyon Green, an offensive lineman, have to have a big-time game? Simple. He is the future. He is the veteran. He is the guy who needs to step up next season. When you look at this offensive line by AM, they're losing their quarterback, of course, in Kellen Mond. They have to. They're losing Jared Hawker. They're losing Dan, uh, they're losing Dan Moore. They're losing Carson Green. And they're likely losing Ryan McCollum. They're losing four of their five starters. Last season, they replaced, they brought back four of their five starters. McCollum didn't start. Colton Prater did. McCollum came in and is now playing center. When you rebuild an offensive line, I'm going to tell you this right now. As much significant importance a quarterback needs to have with the wide receivers and the tight ends and the running backs and all their other weapons, the best weapon for a young quarterback is a stout offensive line. The best weapon for an older quarterback is a stout offensive line. Well. Kellen Mond this year has had a stout offensive line. And I think that's why he's been successful in games where he has thrown for over 300 yards. It's why he has had a good run game. But Green is going to be moved. I don't think he's going to be staying at that guard position. I think he's going to be moved to either right or left tackle. And the rest of the offensive line is going to be brand new. We have no idea what to expect from them. So when you break everything down and you see how this offensive line is going to be built, it is going to be a young quarterback next year. It's going to be King. It's going to be Sowers. It's going to be Calzada. There's going to be a lot of wide receivers that we have no idea what they're going to be. And then you look at this team in general and you go, okay, who's going to be that guy that sets the line straight? It has to be Green. Green has to show that he is the most complete offensive lineman on this staff. He has to show that he is better than, than the other Green. He's got to show he's better than McCullum, better than Hawker, at pass protection, at you know run blocking. He's quicker. He can pull. He can make plays against this defensive line. Because if he can do that, you kind of have a built ground to where you can kind of go anywhere with it. You can have a good run game. You can have a quality passing game. And especially when you are a young quarterback, you need that blindside protector. Green was a star left tackle for Atascacita High School when he came out. 
So he can move back to that position. Kind of what we saw from Jake Matthews. Kind of what we saw from um, from uh, Luke Jokel. All these guys really started their careers as guards and then transitioned themselves to tackles. Some of them had great careers in the NFL. Some didn't. But they all started at guard. This game is going to be the game where we see, okay, is Green the next left tackle? And whoever plays quarterback, are they going to have a secure blindside blocker? I look always ahead to the future. This is one of those games, the end of the season, we don't know what's going to happen in the Cotswold playoff. We don't know where AM is going to play next season. We don't know where they're going to play in the bowl game. What we do know is this game can solidify the future of AM and could show we are back. We are going to commit. We are going to be playing strong football. If we do all those things by starting off strong here, we will be fine. That's good for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast listening. iTunes, Spotify, you can't do any of that. Listen live every single day because every single day is a Locked on Aggies podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. Tomorrow, it's preview, the final preview, the final SEC game of the season. Yes, I know the SEC championship is going on. We're going to be talking a little bit about that as well, talking about the college football playoff. But more importantly, we will be talking, of course, about Texas A&M versus Tennessee. Can the Aggies finish the year off 8-1? We will see you tomorrow. And remember, again, y'all, this has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.